Season 2, Episode 14. It's the hero's journey of comics. Is this the adventure you've planned for me? Braving the winding road of geekdom. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. Sharing our advice. We believe that his example could inspire. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy. And exposing our mistakes. This is all going to end badly. Everybody has an agenda. Welcome to the Show Me Comicast. Welcome back to the Show Me Comicast. I'm Tim Pickerel, digital media producer for Show Me Comics. And I'm Jordan Taylor, and I'm drinking pecans. Which might sound like I would choke, but just don't worry about it. They're in liquid form. <laughs> and I'm also the writer for ShowMeComics.com. I theoretically write the blog on ShowMeComics.com, but I actually write comic book scripts that are turned into graphic novels and gotten a lot of good response from our last convention that we went to. People saying they liked it so much, they're basically beating down our door to say, when is the next one coming out? So if that sounds like uh, something that you would like to read, you should go to showmecomics.com and buy it now, 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 now. Now. And I'll send you a pecan in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) And our artist is missing... Uh, but that's because he's hard at work working on drawing the upcoming sequel, which people want to read. His name's Sam Richardson. He's not joining us tonight. And because he's not joining us tonight, A, he can't drink any pecans. B, this is going to be a writer's-only episode. Dun, dun, dun. That doesn't mean dun, tune dun, out, dun. artist, because as we've talked about multiple times, comic book artists are storytellers. They have to learn the ropes when it comes to storytelling, and they have to work on their craft. So stick around. Join us. You'll learn something, and you'll have a lot of fun. You've already listened this far. Exactly. So keep the momentum. All right. What are we talking about today, Tim? (laughs) Tim already forgot. Tim, you're fired! How many pecans have I drank? (laughs) You're fired! That was my Vince McMahon impression. That was pretty good, actually. <laughs> All right, so when I I make that joke about you're fired, because that's my intro to the story, I was actually talking to somebody uh, in the enterprise in which I work for my day job recently. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of having a hypothetical back and forth about, like, uh, and I'll just kind of do it here with Tim, right? So Tim works in the coding industry. You could think of it that way, web design and things like that. So I say, Tim, uh, we have a really big project coming up. Okay. You're in charge of it. Okay. And one of your coders comes in and says he doesn't think he's going to make the deadline because he doesn't have enough time to work on the project. What do you do? Kill his family. What do you do? Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At that point, I have to figure out what we can do to hit that deadline if it seems completely impossible that we hit that deadline i have to come up with a really good reason why that deadline's not going to be met and so present he's it to just the saying, product manager he's just saying his 40 hours a week he's not in 40 hours a week he can't get it done am i in charge of him enough to fire him well before you fire him what do you uh what could you do if he just says hey i you know i can't get this done if i have to leave by 3 p.m. every day 
or 4 p.m. every day. If it's me, I pitch in and I help. Okay. So what if he says, well, if you're doing it, why do I need to do it? Well, what a jerk that guy is. Exactly. What does this guy sound to you? Does he sound like he's trying to help? No, he or sounds like a real... Whiner. Yeah. You know? So like you said, he fired him. You're fired. But this, that's what this discussion was about. This guy's and it, not a team player. It was basically like we were talking about how, uh, well, what if you needed people to come in and work the night shift on it? You know, because think about in the coding world, mm-hmm. maybe you're getting so many uh, routines and, and things like that written, but then you've got one chunk of the problem solved and you couldn't start coding the next one until that first chunk was done. Right. So instead you would need somebody to immediately come in at night and start coding on the next part of the solution. Mm-hmm. But this guy says, well, I can't, uh, I can't shift my shift for a week that I, you guys hired me to work during the day. I can't work at night, you know, mm-hmm. be like, uh, yeah, but we have a very specific problem and this is how we need to solve it. So are you on board or not? You know, he's like, I, I, you hired me I, 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 to work during the day. Does that guy sound like a problem solver to you? He does not sound like a problem solver. He sounds like a problem creator. And that's exactly what these guys were saying is like, it, it just struck me. They said this exactly. They said, we're in the problem solving business. If you're not a problem solver, we don't need you. And I was just thinking like, man, that's pretty, that's pretty badass. <laughs> You can bleep me out or whatever, but uh, that's the kind of attitude you would want to have in like a protagonist when you're writing a story. You know, it's like, hey, I don't care what the heck is going on. If I have to drink Iocane powder for 10 years to build up an immunity, that's what I'm going to do because I'm in the problem solving business, you know, so that when this guy gives me two drinks and I have to poison one of them, I'm ever face to face with a Sicilian. Exactly. I mean, that is a problem that you could incur. You better be in the problem solving business. That's a lot of foresight. Dread pirate Roberts had. Otherwise you're fired. (laughs) So, that's what we want to talk about today, making your protagonists problem solvers, but how that could either deflate or inflate the dramatic tension in your story. Right. So, Tim. Yes. You want, you want an example of somebody who uh, is a deflator? Yeah, give me an example of a character that works, first of all. Let's start with one oh, that okay. works, who is a problem solver. And it just seems to work. Jack Bauer, 24. Explain me. Jack Bauer will do whatever it takes to get the job done, including torturing people, electrocuting people with lamp wires, (laughs) committing treason to his country in order to protect his country. But it almost sounds to me like he got in these situations because things weren't going his way. Like, (laughs) you're normally not branded... As committing treason if everybody else is on board with your solution, right? Right. There's a lot of bureaucratic BS that's in the way. And right there with the character of Jack Bauer, I think Tim really hit the nail on the head about what we want to talk about. So you want a protagonist that's a problem solver, but at the same time you want a storyline that's not immediately wrapped up nice and tidy with a bow. You know, because that is that dramatic? It's not dramatic. Is that interesting? It's not interesting. 
Now, can you think of a story that's kind of like that, where it just almost gets resolved immediately? There's no tension? Not off the top of my head. Yeah, well, one reason is because they don't publish those stories <laughs> and they don't make those movies because they're freaking lame. Um, so this is a, a problem you run into with a lot of starting off comic creators, also novelists and people that want to make their own short films. Is like, my main character is awesome and he's got all these superpowers oh there we go we've touched on it superman all right Right. we dogged on this character a lot what's superman's main problem he's too good he is too good of a problem solver (laughs) like oh lois has been kidnapped and flown to and and put on the moon by a rocket ship well, I'll fly to the moon and get her. <laughs> That's not dramatic. You know what I mean? You can breathe in space? Yeah. A, a normal guy, if that happened to an average guy, your girlfriend got put on the moon, what are you going to do? Well, the first thing I guess I'm going to have to do is hold somebody hostage at NASA. And then that has a whole bunch more problems that comes with it. So that's dramatic. You know what I mean? The guy Neil deGrasse Tyson, if she dies, you die. <laughs> exactly. So the guy's trying to solve his problem. He's a motivated problem solver, but the circumstances around him cause a certain amount of failure. Mm. So that is what we're talking about. And there's actually a name for this in writing called tri-fail cycles. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. Please Why don't you go ahead and pull, see if you can pull it up on Wikipedia if they have a basic description. Tri-fail cycles wiki. Google search. Do it, do it now. Okay, let's consult the internet about the tri-fail cycle. This comes to the, from the website Into the Ravenous Maw. Tri-fail cycle. Unless you're reading flash fiction, the protagonist will probably fail to resolve the conflict on his first try. There would simply not be enough story. That's where the try-fail cycle comes in. Did you ever have to fill out one of those plot arc diagrams in school? You know, the ones that look like a hill? Most plots don't work that way. The plot is more of a series of hills getting progressively taller at the peak. Each time the reader thinks the hero or anti-hero will succeed, they are likely to fail, dropping the tension for a while before sharply raising it again. Thus, he or she tries and fails in a cycle, hence the name. Eventually, the conflict will be resolved, and that final hill will slope downward a varying amount. That's it. That's it. That's what a tri-fail cycle is. Here's an example. So he came in, Jordan, our hero, wanted to have a successful podcast. So he came through the door. He's like, I want to talk about tri-fail cycles, and I'm going to have a lot of important stuff to say. I'm going to be attentive, and I'm going to be on the ball. So then I sit down. And Tim starts reading this definition of a tri-fail cycle. I look up at the TV and I see Stephanie McMahon from the WWE, who I used to have a crush on when I was a little boy. (laughs) And all I can think about is Stephanie McMahon. And then I have no idea what Tim said. And then as I'm talking, a commercial for Arby's Smokehouse Brisket comes on. (laughs) And then I'm like, man, after I had a nice conversation with Stephanie McMahon... All I would want to do is eat an Arby's Smokehouse brisket, and now I don't even know what I'm talking about. So I have failed at doing this nice podcast. But you know what I'm going to do? Because I failed, but I'm a protagonist who's a problem solver, I'm going to open up another bottle of whole pecans, pour it into a glass, drink these pecans that give me strength, like spinach gives strength to Popeye, 
And I'm gonna get right back in here. I'm gonna and I'm gonna start punching this podcast in the face. And here we go talking about trifail cycles. Back on track. So, Tim, you read that awesome definition. I did. I just gave an example. Can you give an example out of either literature, comics, or movies where you've seen this work really effectively? A protagonist that just gets on it and gets on it, but keeps getting thwarted till the end when they finally overcome. I have a pretty good example from a movie that uh, just came out and won some awards. Right on. Gravity. Gravity, huh? What's that about? <laughs> is that about Isaac Newton? It is actually not. It's about... Sand- well, it's not actually about Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock plays Isaac Newton? <laughs> while that, that is a brave casting decision. <laughs> really brave. You know, what, you know what gravity's about. Yeah. All right. So go ahead and tell the audience if they haven't seen the movie. Okay. Let's see if I can do the spoiler free. No, just spoil it. Just spoil it? <laughs> yeah, just spoil it. All right. Sandra it's Bullock. still an awesome movie. It's a visual feast. Go see that movie if you haven't. Even if you know... It's like Titanic where you know the boat sinks. Yeah. It's still awesome. Sandra Bullock's character is an astronaut trapped up in space. Um, there's a bunch of debris flying around in orbit, and it's just messing up her day. So she has to get out of the way of the debris, try to find a way back home. She's all by herself. Yeah, well, it's interesting. At every turn, she... Uh... So she first they're working on the Hubble telescope, right? And they say mission abort. That's the first fail. Mm-hmm. So she tries to get back to safety with aborting the mission without just completely flipping out and you know messing up the Hubble. Mm-hmm. So you see that she's very active. She's concerned about the mission. She's doing that, but then pretty soon, no matter her best efforts to try to preserve the mission, this stuff that's flying through space just completely shreds the space shuttle. So now her she's failed not only at preserving the mission, but what's happened is now she has to preserve her life. So new problem. She's tried really hard, but gotten a new problem and failed yep. at the old problem. So that's our try-fail cycle. So now she's going to try again to save her life. So to avoid a little bit of spoilers, let's just say she tries multiple times to save her life. And as soon as she gets safe, what she went to for safety then gets threatened. If that makes sense. It's a good way to say it, I think. Yeah. Every time she thinks she's out of the frying pan, she's into the fire. It's a really bad day for her. In fact, that little... You know, old saying is a perfect example of a try-fail cycle. Out of the frying pan, into the fire. Yep. You know, hey, we tried. We tried really hard. And guess what? We succeeded. We got out of the frying pan, but we failed at our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal was to stay alive, and we fell into the fire. The story doesn't end there. You know, they they still keep trying. But that that's what we mean by fail. They didn't. The protagonist didn't necessarily fail at what they attempted to do. They failed at achieving their ultimate goal. Right. Which her ultimate goal in that movie is to get back to Earth. Yep. A lot. So she has tried multiple things to get to safety and stay alive, and she's succeeded. 
but she has failed at her ultimate goal and is thrust into a new situation where she has to try harder and try different things. Um, I thought of one that we could use as kind of like a real small microcosm. And this is really important as a writer when you're writing fight scenes. Okay. Your fight scenes should be try-fail cycles. Otherwise, they'll be boring. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if your character's just, I'm Superman, and I can just punch, blam, plow, you know, all these people, and at the end of it, I never even broke a sweat, never had a, a bead of sweat come down my brow, never got a scratch, and I'm smiling, and there's the sun is gleaming and glinting off of my teeth as I flash this big pearly white smile. That's not a fun fight scene. Superman's a jerk. A fun fight scene is Jackie Chan, where he's been punched in the face 7,000 times. <laughs> he finally wins, but he's about to collapse on the floor, you know, by the time he gets out of there. That's what we mean by tri-fill cycles. Mm. So I just watched a fight scene today with my kids, which was pretty awesome. It was Luke Skywalker versus the Rancor. Okay. And there were a few tri-fill cycles in there. What's the first thing... That Luke tries to do to fend off the Rancor. Oh, man. Now I have to rewind my memory. This was specifically set up to discredit Tim's Star Wars nerd cred, <laughs> which success is mine. So I had a try-succeed cycle. If you wanted me to quote dialogue from it, I could do it in a second. The choreograph. All right. Quote the, the Rancor. <laughs> Way off. What? <laughs> All right. So the first thing he tries to do... Luke just picks up a big bone. That's not the... F okay. And he almost... Well, the first thing that happens is he runs away. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. and then he eats the Gamorrean guard. But after that, when he starts to be proactive, because if your protagonist is just running away all the time, going back to the beginning of the episode, he's not a problem solver. He's that guy that couldn't come in and work nights. I'm sorry I was hired for the I day shift. I want to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters. I'm not a problem solver, Biggs. So instead, he's a problem solver, picks up a big bone, kind of swings it back and forth at the Rancor. And then the Rancor is like, you tried to intimidate me with a bone. You fail. I scoop you up with my claws. <laughs> And then Luke's like, oh, and you look at him, he's like, what the, you know, I thought I was maybe going to be able to club this what guy the on. force? Yeah, I was going to be able to club this guy on the nose, maybe run away more. Uh, that didn't work. Now I'm suspended in the air and about to get eaten. What does he do next? Jams that bone right in his mouth. Yeah, because he's failed, but he still has the resource from the first time he tried. Puts the bone into the Rancor's mouth. The Rancor's like, Clearly, I cannot eat you right now, so I will <laughs> place you down while I try to figure out this mandible problem I have. And he backs off, and Luke falls to the ground. Uh, the Rancor snaps the bone, and then what happens next? Freaking not a Star Wars guy. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember if that's where he has... I bet you if Jar Jar Binks was fighting a Rancor, you'd know what was going to happen next. <laughs> he runs... To the other side of the gate. There, yeah, there's, there's a the, little bit of back and forth between him on, and the Rancor a little more. Yeah. And then and then he basically gets knocked to the ground, finds a skull. And you're like, well, he's failed again. He's down on the ground. He's about to get eaten. But he keeps on trying. Picks up the skull. 
throws it at the button. Rancor's dead. Brings the gate down on the Rancor's head. Finally succeeds. (laughs) So imagine that same fight scene. Rancor's there. Luke's still a problem solver. Sees him. Runs off outside the gate. Throws the skull. Kills the Rancor. Is that dramatic? It's not at all. No. That scene would have had nothing to it. That's like Superman fighting the Rancor. Yeah, exactly. Which is why Superman's so lame. (laughs) But we throw in these try-fail cycles within a fight scene that make it way more awesome. If you've read Hafu, I threw in try-fail cycles in some of the fight scenes that she had in that book. Purposefully. And to not give too much away, it'd be like, she enters into a fight with a weapon. She tries to use that weapon, but instead gets disarmed. Well, now she ha- she's tried really hard, but she has a whole new set of problems. So then she has to you know, shift it to unarmed combat. And then she finds out that the person she's fighting, well, not finds out, but realizes this person's way more muscular and way bigger than she is. Mm-hmm. So when she punches this person in the face... It's kind of a fail because they don't get knocked out. Right. You know, and then she grabs, like, you know, just a household item and tries to use that as a weapon. And then it breaks apart. And now it's sharp, and the guy picks that up. And that's kind of another fail because now he's armed. And it just keeps going. And I'm, I'm using general statements and a little bit of fakery here to not spoil it, but. I was conscious of this in a fight scene, which is why I used it. And you as a comic book writer and you as a comic book artist want to use this. So how as an artist, Tim, do you think that they could incorporate that trifill cycle uh, feeling into their art? Do they have... I'm assuming for the sake of this conversation that the writer doesn't have specific direction for the artistic panel. Even if he did, are there things that the artist could do to make it more... To make it look more like the protagonist is trying really hard but failing? Facial expressions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Go Keep going. Facial expressions, posture, um, quote-unquote camera angles, because I don't know how to explain an angle in just a comic book. They use pretty much the same camera angle terminology in comics that they would in the movies. I would say color. Yeah, color's a good one. You can make it darker in the environment to give that kind of closed-in feeling. You could make the person's face get pale because they're scared. You or can, you could make them flush because they're enraged and they're trying really hard and or keep play, failing. Or you can play with the shadows on the aggressor to make them look more menacing. Yeah. Another thing I was thinking was dramatization. Like, let's say it says Luke runs away from the Rancor, picks up a skull, and throws it at the door, killing the Rancor, right? Okay. So in that, I got all the story I needed. But... When it comes time to shoot it and the actor and the cameraman get together, or if they were drawing it in a comic, the artist gets with himself, says, okay, Luke runs through the door, but he trips and falls. When he trips and falls is when he sees the skull. Right. 
So maybe that's not specifically written, but if you as an artist are thinking of that trifle cycle, that's a mini, as in miniature, which is a French phrase. No, just <laughs> <laughs> that's a miniature trifle cycle, right? Yeah. He tried to walk or tried to run. He failed. He fell. But that got him to the thing that he needed to be at anyway. Yep. So we could go on and on about this and give you a million examples. But what you need to do is go out there and do this for yourself. Which brings us to... Let's say you train your biceps. Blood is rushing into your muscles. And that's what we call the pump. Your muscles get a really tight feeling. Like your skin is going to explode any minute. You know, It's really tight. It's like somebody blowing air into, into your muscle. It just blows up and it feels different. It feels fantastic. Forced reps. Let's make it easy. Take a fight scene from whatever your favorite movie is. Put it on paper. Describe point by point where the where the hills are that they have to overcome. Detail all of that out, and let's see where that goes. All right, for my artist one, okay? Here's real simple, because there's going to be no dialogue. This is going to be a silent, sequential art piece. Okay. So within like one, two, or three pages, I want you to do this story in sequential art using trifail cycles. So there's a person that leaves a bakery with a dozen cupcakes in like an open box. Okay. Because they're only going four blocks to a birthday party where there's guests and they need this dozen cupcakes. Sure. Okay. Along the way, things happen. And as these things happen, the person drops two cupcakes here three cupcakes here because it's crazy stuff like anvils falling out of the sky. They have to dodge it, you know, a wrecking ball swinging around them, not seeing it, things like that. And it doesn't have to be things like me, whatever you think of, it can be fantasy A spaceship flies through, you know, a dragon flies through. But the point is in the course of this four blocks, they lose, they try so hard to keep these cupcakes in the box, but they keep failing by dropping two or three and when they get to the final party, you know, where the tension is built up that everybody's going to be disappointed and everyone is until our protagonist who tries really hard slices the one cupcake into 12 pieces and everybody's happy again. So that's your miniature sequential art story that I would like you to draw using trifail cycles to get rid of those blasted high calorie cupcakes. <laughs> All right, so on behalf of myself and Jordan, we're Show Me Comics, wishing you the best in your creative endeavors. And if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe on iTunes and give us a uh, rating and a review. Look, if you're a super nerd hacker who knows what the internet is, then you will recognize the phrases I'm about to spit at you. Twitter.com, at Show Me Comics, check it out. Facebook.com, slash Hafu Graphic Novel, check it out. Regular URL field, www.showmecomics.com. Get on it, check us out, buy a book, listen to the podcast, read the blog that'll come around someday. Peace.